This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. As the world's economies are struggling to restart after millions have been stuck in their homes, some are looking to something called immunity certificates as a way to ensure people who already have COVID-19 antibodies can go out. Let's talk about what they are and why they're so controversial. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is security and privacy reporter Alfred Ain. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So let's just get right to it. What exactly are immunity certificates? So immunity certificates are essentially kind of like passes, then they can be given out digitally or in a physical way to say, you know, I've gotten tested for COVID-19 and I am immune from it now because I've developed antibodies. So please allow me to come into this building or allow me to travel to your country or allow me to go back to work and things of that nature. Um, The problem with it is that there's not really a lot of proof out there right now that antibodies, having antibodies for COVID-19 essentially means that you're immune from it. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the World Health Organization actually has some language on this, right? Yeah, the World Health Organization published a brief in April saying that, you know, there is no evidence that if you've recovered from COVID-19, it means that the antibodies will protect you from it. Um, they warned that, you know, as few as two to three percent of the population has actually developed antibodies in their blood for COVID-19. And they've, they've basically said, you know, if you're going to do immunity certificates, you should not base it off of this because there's no proof that having these antibodies uh, means that you're immune from getting infected by COVID-19 again. Right. Now, that said, there are some countries and potentially some businesses looking into this, right? Several countries are considering it currently. I know that in the U.S., um, Dr. Anthony Fauci had talked about how it's something that they're looking at. And I know in Germany, they have enough antibody tests for the whole country currently, but they're considering the ethics of it and the issues surrounding it, you know, when you think about privacy and when you think about how it's going to be rolled out. And I know that the UK and Italy are also considering it. Um, and we know that um, in Chile and in Estonia, they've actually already rolled out their um, immunity certifications. And in China, they it's not called an immunity certificate, but it functions very similar to one where it's an app on your phone and you kind of get tested for it and you get a QR code that says if, if you're immune or not. And then you like when you go to like a supermarket or something, um, there's somebody there that scans the QR code and then like lets you through. So you talked a bit earlier about how it might get rolled out in paper form or on your phone. Like what are sort of the optimal ways that you know either businesses or countries are trying to roll this out? There's there's like a lot of proposals for it. Um, right now, I think the most optimal way that people have been considering is through your phone. Um, where, like the China example, for example, with the QR code. Um, so in a, in a Harvard uh, white paper on immunity certificates, they talk about how the best way to do it might be on your phone because if you do it like a paper document or something like that, then that's really easy for um, somebody to make a counterfeit of, for example. 
Um, other places have been considering for international travel, at least, um, putting it in a, in a passport sticker that has like digital information on it. So it can be scanned and shown like, oh, this person has immunities for COVID-19. We should, uh, you should allow them to continue international travel. Um, so none of this is like really rolled out right now, except for the phone example that we've talked about in, in China and the, what's being used in Estonia and, um, Chile, but most of that's like about returning to work. The problem with it having digitally stored, of course, is, you know, in the event of a data breach, that's extremely sensitive information to know who's had COVID-19 and who has so-called immunities to it, assuming that antibody tests like mean immunities, where, you know, imagine if, if you are somebody who's capable to return to work and your data gets leaked, then it becomes, you know, people could be harassing you saying, could you please um, share your QR code with me so that, or people could be trying to sell like your information as a way to grant access for other people to return to work. And, you know, other places have proposed, you know, using the system that, um, like things like Apple Pay, something like that to also distribute, um, immunity certificates where, because it's encrypt, like financial institutions have a lot of security and they encrypt it very well. The concern around that for privacy advocates is that, you know, financial institutions, while they have great security, um, your credit card transactions like often get shared to advertisers and it's still unclear what kind of restrictions there would be on something like that. Right. There's probably some extra complications there where, I mean, you can't necessarily just bolt on the financial infrastructure since they don't really fall under a lot of the, the medical regulations that, that are involved with something like this, right? Like it must be a super complicated process. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an extremely, it's, it's, extremely complicated roll all this out and also know that you're secured from you know potential hackers or the developers behind the apps themselves sharing this information with people that you don't think should get it um for example i know that the new york times looked at the app being used in china which is done through alipay um and they saw in the in the source code that there were parts of it that's were talking about sending in, like location information to police um that's not something that, you know, you would see immediately just looking at the app. Like you kind of had to dig through the code for that. And that is going to be a huge concern for a lot of people where, you know, these apps, if you don't know how to break it down or anything like that, how are you going to feel safe, like giving information like that? Right. Now you talked about some of the issues, right? The fact that we don't even know how effective these antibodies are or people have these antibodies. There are a lot of privacy concerns, yet you did note a couple of countries have rolled this out. How likely do you think this will get rolled out on a more broader basis, like particularly in the U.S.? I think it would be extremely challenging to roll this out in the U.S. from the government side, just because there are so many privacy and technology concerns around it, especially if they're doing it um, just based off of like your phone, right? There's a lot of people that might not have uh, the broadband capabilities to, to get that, and there's also a lot of people that just don't have phones in general. Um, so for the government to roll it out, I think it would be extremely challenging. Um, businesses would be a different point, right? Like if you're, if you want to return to work, um, like employers can say like, you're not coming into our office or you're not, we're not like hiring you unless you use this app and show us that you have immunities. And you know, that can, that's going to be the, the privacy problem for a lot of people where, you know, I might be able to control what the government is able to find on me, but like my my employers that's a completely like different ball game here and that's another privacy concerns that you know organizations like the aclu have brought up that you know 
what happens when immunity is tied to employment or immunity is tied to, you know, me applying for a loan or, um, you know, trying to get into a certain school or something like that. So that's kind of the problem with a lot of these immunity certificates and the way that they're being considered is that it's not just going to be for like going outside or returning to work. It, it, it could be tied to a lot of things. And right now it's based off of a test that we don't even know if it's accurate or not. Right. And though you do make the point of your story, and which I thought was interesting, th- these aren't completely out of the blue, right? Like their schools do require you to submit verification that like your children have been vaccinated, right? So there are there are some forms of this immunity certificate, even if we don't call them that in existence, correct? Immunity certificates are not a new concept by any means where you're right, like schools require immunization records to enroll like students in. And, you know, some hospitals, it might be all hospitals, I'm not sure, but hospitals also sometimes can require uh, immunization records for like hepatitis B, for example, um, to work at a hospital. the problem with comparing the two with those examples and COVID-19 is that those immunizations are, are proven, right? Like you can prove somebody is immune from um, hepatitis B. Uh, the problem with trying to shift that over to COVID-19 is that there is like not much that's really known about the, the disease right now where, you know, you don't know how long immunizations like last on it right now. Like it's really only been around since December. So you, it might only last for six months or something like that. And then you could get reinfected after that. Like there's not been enough time that has passed, um, for people to really know how, how long the antibodies last for, or even how like effective these antibodies are at providing immunity. Totally. That's, uh, I mean, it's a fascinating topic and it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this gets rolled out or if it gets rolled out. All right, that's a wrap. You can check out Alfred's story on CNET.com. One quick programming note, we're taking Monday off to observe Memorial Day. So we'll see you when we return on Tuesday. Till then, have a great long weekend. And as always, if you have any questions, leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.